0: Greetings, greetings. It's so great to be with you another day. Welcome to the Soul Place. And um, I'm so glad to have the Soul Place today. A gentleman that I believe is a gift to the body of Christ. He is no other than Minister Keith Evans. Rev, what's happening?
1: Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. Good to be here on the the Soul Fest. Uh, Minister Derek, I am so delighted to be here And I'm looking forward to having an awesome experience, and awesome time, you know, just chatting with you, my brother.
0: Listen to me, Rev. Before we even dig in deep to them questions, I have to tell you, sir, um, you are one of my favorite preachers, especially among those that are in the Bahamas. I I love to hear you deliver the word of God, sir. I'm I'm telling you. And um, I know that your knowledge of Scripture is vast and you're well-read, you know, so it, it's good to see somebody of our set that is really in love with the word of God. You know, so I'm so glad that you can send it to do this interview today,
1: sir. Um uh, babe, hey, I am so humble, you know. I, I am humbled by those kind remarks, those kind words, uh Minister Derek, you know, I am I really am, you know. Uh you know, it's truly a blessing to be among you know to be a, to be a friend of yours too, and to be a you know a minister of the gospel and somebody who I who I look up to, who is doing a lot in the community and and promulgating the word of God, getting the word of God out there, whether it be through ministering the word of God and and uh, teaching or even in your in your songs, you know. So you know the same can be said concerning you, uh Minister Darren.
0: Bless your heart, so bless your heart. Well, let's dive in deep, sir. Today, the topic for today's interview is doctrines of men.
1: Very interesting. Men.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I have three questions, sir, that I have already uh, made you preview to. And uh, are you ready for the first one?
1: Let's, let's dig deep into it, man. Let's dig deep into it. And also for those that are listening, i like to just uh, say, uh, you know, uh, a happy new year. Well, of course, you know, new, I pray that 2021 be um, an exceptional year. Uh, I pray that this be a year of all of their prayers being answered in the precious name of Jesus.
0: Yes, sir. I concur. In Jesus' name, all of God's best for you this year.
1: Absolutely. Yes. That's
0: the name of the Lord. Well, well that's, 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 that's the year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The first question is this. Oh, well, it's. Uh, uh,
1: with a request give us two deadly doctrines of men two deadly doctrines of men quite quite uh, quite deep <laughs> to say the <laughs> least yeah that's a, that's that's a deep deep one there you know I, I I always try to be objective and not subjective and try to be very very honest and, and you know uh, straightforward with this but you know obviously I've, I'll have to say one of those doctrines doctrines you said right yes sir okay doctrines i'll i will just look at primarily i'll see i'll have to lean on traditions one will have to be tradition uh particularly within the body of christ i believe that a lot of the denominations and i have nothing wrong with denomination i am Part of our denomination which is the church of the nazarene here in the bahamas and of course you know the church of the nazarene is worldwide but i will just be quite honest with you uh minister derek you know i think that for the most part one of the most deadly one of the most deadly uh doctrines of men would have to be us leaning on our tradition as opposed to the word of god uh the word of god is you know the as you know minister derek is the final authority that's supposed to be governing us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all works. And so I say tradition, for one, for starters, is that I've discovered that a lot of folks, they tend to lean heavily on what their tradition says as opposed to what the Bible says you know i mean i mean for example you know when we look at um salvation you know there are certain aspects of salvation when we look at the doctrine of uh, sociology the science of salvation you and i could uh, could concur on the fact that you know salvation is mainly by the grace of god through faith in jesus christ all right you know example example the thief on the cross you know when he made when when he uh said to the lord you know lord remember remember me when you come into thy kingdom and jesus said this day you should be with me in paradise so obviously the thief on the cross i believe based on scripture and based on what was revealed that he was saved mainly by placing his faith in in christ and you know not trying to knock anything you know but there are certain beliefs out there that you have to be you know water baptized in order to be saved. I you know that's a different thing for, for another time, probably, and maybe we could deal with that. Uh, you know, I do believe you should be water baptized, you know, but there are certain denominations that teach that water baptism is prerequisite to salvation. I do believe that you have to be water baptized after you have come to faith in Christ, you know, as it is only, it's, it is more like an output. It is more like an outward testimony or outward expression of an inward reality. If you if you follow me, based on the word of God. And I, I just want to quote this, I just want to read this passage of scripture for you, I Minister mean, Derek, and for those that are listening. In the gospel according to Saint Matthew chapter 15, we see that Jesus and, and I'll take it from verse one. Then came Jesus, Jesus, then came the Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of the of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress? the tradition of the elders. Now, right away, they're speaking to the word of God. We know that Christ is the Logos. He is the word of God, right? And for the, for the wash not their hands when they eat bread, but he, speaking of Jesus' hands, and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? And so we have the we have a conundrum here. The Pharisees, they're uplifting their tradition over the word, the revealed word of God. And so Jesus kind of attack and says that why do you transgress the commandment by your tradition? For God commanded, verse 4, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that cursed father and mother, let him die the dead. But he say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. and honoured not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have he made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, and I think, that's where we are today when we look at one of the deadly doctrine of men particularly within the body of christ is our traditions our tradition and again there's nothing wrong with traditions you know you know as long as we don't place those traditions above the word of god which is the which is which is which is our rule of life or the final authority i hope that kind of clears up the, the first part there
0: Oh, yes, sir. I, I want to comment on
1: that, but I want you to get to the next one. I don't want to break up your, your flow. Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay, the next one. Okay, one of the... Well, again, you know, I, I guess, you know, again, just to piggyback on uh. uh one of the... Uh, I, I think one of the things, too, we have the Legato, for example, maybe, I think we have, particularly the churches here in the Bahamas, Way for the you know back in the nineties, you know, growing up and the early part of the two thousands, you know, twenty-first century coming into that time. So I think we have been uh inundated with um, a lot of the tele evangelists and their philosophies, their the way of doing things. You know, when you know, for example, when we talk about, you know, we're supposed to be doing something dealing with uh on the Berean group, dealing with the the second coming of Christ, you know, and there's one called the pre-trib. You know, I, I know a vast majority of us we are pre-trips now. Again, you know that's that's up for debate. You got the post-tribulation view, you have the mid-tribulation view, then you have the pre-tribulation view. I think we have the mindset in this western part of the world is that we don't want to go through anything. And when I say we don't want to go through anything, is that we believe that you know we want you know God, you know we could take a scripture out of context. For example, Third John chapter two, when the Bible says uh, Third John verse two, that is when the Bible says. Uh, when John was kind of saluting the church that he said i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper even as thy soul prospered and again that was only a side rotation that was not a didactic that was not a voice that you would actually take and preach of the gospel of prosperity and to me that is one of the most deadliest doctrine there is you know not trying to move away from the preacher I'm going to deal with that in a little bit but when we look at uh, the pre when we look at uh, the prosperity gospel the name it it. When we tell people that, you know, if you give $10 or give, if you sow this to the man of God, sow that to the woman of God, God is gonna take, uh, pay, money money's gonna come in your bank account. God is gonna give you this, God is gonna give you that. You know, we have prostituted the word of God. There's nowhere in the scripture, Minister Derek, you could find, nowhere in the Bible, where Jesus was going around and telling persons if they give a $1,000, then God is gonna give them $10,000. We know the Bible says given, it should be given unto good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. But the gist of the gospel was not about money. I think for the most part, when we follow these tele-evangelists, and I thank God we kind of moving away from it, you know. However, I believe it's starting to kind of raise ugly head today because when you look at the vast majority of those on social media, for example, on Facebook, we see the cash apps. We see where they ask, ask some persons, to, they, they get so into their ministry. And it, 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 it leaves you to wonder, it makes you to wonder, if, if that's our main objective. Or our end game, getting monies. And I think following a lot of the tele-evangelists, and not all of them, mind you, but a vast majority of them, the whole emphasis is on money. they fly in the nice lead jets. They're living in, in the nice uh, mansions, upscale mansions. You know, they live in the upper echelon life. And so we want that too. And I think the prosperity gospel has blinded so many persons. You know, it has made us very greedy, running after filthy lucre. When we look at the, when we look at the, the apostles, you know they lived just a they live, you know just just a regular normal life, you know. You know there was not living a a a a life that was flashy, a life that was uh uh you know a life that was you know when we talk about money and so on and so forth. So I think we have, we have moved into that that era when we talk about preaching the word of God and and, and the one when you know we try to sack or try to satisfy our flesh. You understand and so. That is, to me, that is one of the most deadly doctrine that has plagued the church for quite a long time. You know, it is very, it is astruous, difficult to understand, and, and, and it's something that I believe God wants us as the believers in Christ to move away from, to move away from. It is, a, it is a precarious position to be in as a minister of the gospel, in my mind, to be preaching this name it, claim it stuff. You know, we need to move away from that. And then, the deal with the the pre and 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 I and, and when we look at the pre trip, the whole idea of the pre trip when we when we read the, the Hal Lindsays of the world, the late great Planet Earth, uh, Pastor John Hagee, his book The Beginning of the End, and all of the pre trip, uh, those who have that perspective, those who, who are a part of that, that class, and I'm not trying to vilify any of those men. That's that's their belief, and I respect them for that. But what we have done, we have made a lot of jellyback Christians. We tell them that hey, you know live the best life you can over here live and prosperity in mind i'm not saying that god wants us to be broke busted and disgusted and live you know but my thing is that's not the emphasis of the gospel not everyone is going to be millionaires that's, i think that's what i'm trying to say to you not everyone is going to be filthy rich not everyone's going to have the best things in life some of us we're going to suffer and some of us we're going to go through some things there are some christians they're going to end up in jail for their for their testimony of christ there are some people going to go through some heartaches you know, you're not going to have a million dollars in your bank account. That, that, you know, that that just don't work like that. You understand? And so when we tell people these things, you know, we tell them, you know, hey, God is going to give you this, God is going to give you that. And then at the end of the day, when the, right, right before the seven years of tribulation, you're going to be raptured in heaven. Now, I want you to understand when we look at the believers all the way in the east, eastern part of the, 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 the globe. Places like in China and particularly the Middle East, those those countries that are very antagonistic against the Christian faith, especially communist China and places like that. Do you not know that there are many Christians that have to literally hide just to read the word of God and just to have church, just to fellowship? There are many persons that are being persecuted. All right? They're being persecuted for their faith in Christ, for being Christians. All right? You know, some are being martyred, being killed. We don't have these things, but it's actually happening today. Why is it that 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 um, they're not? Why is it that that, that that we cannot go through anything? If you feel what I'm saying, and for those that are listening, why is it that that, that what what makes us so better than, than our than our beloved brothers and sisters in the East that God have to rapture us right before the, the tribulation period where we don't have to go through anything, you know? So, but we have done. We have preconditioned our our beloved brothers and sisters on this part of the globe, the western part of the globe. And particularly here in the Bahamas and I dare say the United States of America and other parts of the, you know, the part of this West, the, the West, this Western globe, not to go through anything. We have preconditioned them. And Paul the Apostle said something that very interesting. He said, Thou therefore endured hardness as a good soldier in the Lord. And so as a believer in Christ, we have to teach people, listen, there's some time, you know. One of, the, one of the greatest revelation minister Derek that God has given me and he shared to me is this. You know, you have to come to grips and come to the realization, bro, that not everyone's going to like you, my brother. That brought freedom to me. That brought, that brought freedom to me. Not everyone's going to like you, my brother. There's somebody out there who don't like you. There's somebody out there who don't like what I'm doing. They don't, there's somebody out there who don't like what you're doing. That's just the reality of it. But as long as we understand that, I, I think there's an there's a element of freedom that we can ascertain. You know, I'm not gonna go around or oh, I'm not gonna go around with my head bent down and feeling and feeling um and sad and being uh, and in and, and, and a place of depression and having a panic attacks or anxiety because not everyone because this particular person doesn't agree with me or this person doesn't receive me. You know, not everyone's gonna like him. And so I, I think that, that 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 uh that's what I wanted to, to share from you as it relates to um, the deadly doctrines of men. One of those, of course, is the is the word of faith, what we call the, the the prosperity gospel. I think that has done that has done a irreparable damage, to say the least. I was actually listening to a particular pastor just years ago on on radio, and of course they were of that that school. You know, it seems that a lot of them have this insatiable desire for the things of this world she's driving an old car of course and she said that she was you know she was holding a bible and claiming oh god's gonna bless her god's gonna give her this and god is, give, god is gonna give her whatever and she was embarrassed because she's driving a old car and she was angry she said she took her bible and it across at the room because she did not get this brand new car that which she believed in god was supposed to give her and that's what has happened we have you know the bible says godliness for contentment is great gain right I right, drive an old car and I happy that that same old car can carry you the, from point a, from point A to point B, just like the Tesla. <laughs> if you feel me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's nothing wrong with that one things, you know, but it's when is when we is when things has us, you know, and, and we, we and I think a lot of people persons, when they particularly back in the day, when they got saved, they believe that everything is gonna be right. Bro, that's that is one of the biggest lies there is. The Bible says in and uh 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse twelve: All those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If we look at in Hebrews chapter eleven, we talk about the, the you know the, the the hall of faith. I call it the hall of faith. All of the great men. Some were sown into obviously Isaiah the prophet. Uh, some were in caves and prisons and all the stuff they had to go through. They had to go through a lot to preserve this gospel for us. This gospel, it, according to, to tradition. Paul the apostle was decapitated. According to tradition, Peter was crucified upside down along with his wife. All right my wife, you can imagine you and me being crucified for the gospel. <laughs> you know, so, you know, when we think about, you know, we have moved away, you know, from the real, like, I, I ministered the other day from the book of Colossians. The Bible says, set your affection on things above where Christ is seated at the, at the right hand of God at the throne of God, you know. Uh, the book of colossians is a very interesting book because it is kind of the reciprocal from the book of ephesians the book of ephesians which which was written by paul Paul, was dealing with the body and then and then paul and the book of colossians was dealing with the head of the body now we know the body is the body of christ which is the church the ecclesia those that are called out the book of colossians deals with the head which is christ it 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 takes uh it takes a it is really a christophany a christophany it is dealing with the person of Christ. It is Christ-centric. I should say it is Christ-centric. All right, it, it deals with it deals with the person of Christ from an ontological perspective. In that we see the we see um, the person of Christ. You know, his his divine nature, his divine attributes, and so on and so forth are revealed. You know, and how Christ is the head of church, and by him all things consist and hold together. Um, deals with the hypostatic union of the hypostatic union of Christ for him to the fullness of the Godhead and bodily form. I believe in his day and his hour, Minister Derek, that our attention must turn back to Christ. And one of the dead, you know, you know, I think I dealt with what three three already. You know, but one, another one too, is is um pretty much the exaltation of man. When we look at particularly the fivefold ministries, and not, not all of the fivefold ministries, the apostle, the office of the apostle or the ministry gift of the apostle that of the prophet and maybe the pastor because everyone listening to this can see when you look at social media everybody is an apostle everybody is a prophet why because we are exalted men and I do believe the Bible says he gives some apostles prophets, pastors, teachers evangelists for the perfecting of the things, for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ if we approach those ministry gifts as they really are ministry gifts then we'll have a, a perspective or we have a mindset of servanthood. But if we approach them as titles, then there's a sense of entitlement. And that's why I believe everyone is grabbing those gifts because it is more or less person serving them as opposed to them being servants to the body of Christ. Man Rev, listen
0: to me. I mean, I really appreciate you, sir. I mean, you are here, you right here reading my notes. If you want to... <laughs> Now, now, the thing is, this um, you open a door and I have to walk through it. Now, the thing is, um, especially when we let's go back to your first point about traditions. Um, and you used the example with uh, the washing of hands. And the thing was, these guys, the, the Saeed, they enacted laws that they used to nullify. The law of God. Yes, and I look at and I and I I look at our Lord's ministry, right? And He came because He saw that those laws were bruising the people; they were causing the people to be in bondage. So He was in defense of the law of God while being in defense of the people, because the people were in bondage to these men. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I look at that and I say, man. Sometimes I I wonder, and I, I'm not being um, I'm not being judgmental, but I sometimes I wonder we read our Bibles because uh-huh. if you look at it, God's ministry, He went against pretty much the institution. He yes, an example, uh, about the church, um, and I and I believe that there's two churches we have to deal with. I believe that there is the establishment, which is the um, Everything that man has set up, and then there is the ecclesia, the true body of believers. Now, I believe our problem is in this time, especially dealing with traditions, is we find it easier. I don't know if easier is the word, or we prefer to build buildings instead of building people.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that is a yes. I think that is what you you know you refer to that. I, I believe that is, is is very much uh axiomatic, and also I would use the term very incontrovertible. It's impossible to deny you know that because a lot of folks we put emphasis on buildings as opposed to people. You know what I mean? Jesus' ministry was outside of the four walls. The outside of the four walls for the most part. My trepidation oh, is gosh. when we look at God. go ahead, myself.
0: Yes, I was saying for the most part, you know, it, it, that was his ministry. And, yes. You know, and sometimes I look at it, you know, um, when I even look at um, to your second point, you were talking about um, i kind of losing my train of thought there. there um, yeah. You mentioned um, the pre-trip and the, okay. uh, yeah, no, prosperity. the prosperity gospel. Now, that right there, you, I, I agree with you that we are kind of weaning ourselves off of it. But I think the problem was at the beginning, our forefathers, I would say they lack knowledge. And you know, scripture says we perish for a lack of knowledge.
1: Absolutely. A Absolutely.
0: A lot of believers have been burnt badly. Yes. Um, even at one, in this interview series, you're going to hear an interview by, Q, by Gilbert Fresh. He, he touched it. A lot of people have been burned badly. By this prosperity gospel, and it took that burning for them to make a turn around
1: and say, "Look, you know, this ain't of God." Yeah, yeah. but you know, that, that is that's a valid, valid point, Yeah, That's a valid, valid point. I think that uh, a lot of folks has been has has um, altered their way of thinking and uh, has changed their way of thinking. And I believe that a lot of folks you know, back in the days, I remember this particular pastor came all the way from the United States of America. Uh, very, very well known, you know. There are three particular names that we could think of. They were like superstar preachers and stuff like that. And it seems that you know, we, all of young preachers wanted to be. If you you know wanted to be this particular bishop or that particular pastor. And this pastor came over man at the Camelot room, and I understand he made thousands of dollars. They were in the back and they counted the money and they they took it off. And the church that hosted the event, they for years spent years. Just trying to clean up the mess. When I say clean up the mess, they were they, you know, they were left with the bill. Uh, it was an astronomical bill. They had to uh, come up with the monies and everything and that, uh, you know. You know, God never meant for it to happen like that. Ministry is supposed to be enjoyable, you know, man of God. It's not it's I not supposed to be a it taxing in. thing, or you know, we, we make it so difficult, we make it so complicated. Uh, yet, listen listen to me, ah.
0: And that is why I cannot keep my mouth closed i'm a very i believe that i'm a very humble and um i'm a very meek person i don't really i really don't prefer to be before the crowd on the mic but for some reason when god gave me this ministry called church hurt and the thing is a lot of people when they hear the name they're probably they don't want to deal with it
1: no no but absolutely no
0: This rare I cannot. I feel the Lord pushing me and pushing me. And you said something vital, and I appreciate that word because the resistance is going to come from some uncommon places. The people that you think that should be for you and pushing you are going to be the main ones that are trying to get you to shut up.
1: Absolutely, I
0: can't. I, I really can't. When I see the injustices that exist within the body, I, I have to use. would promote a docile approach to everything and when i look at our lord's ministry i don't see that you know what i mean when the pharisees and them came to um, attack it pretty much with their slick questions and whatnot he called them out and i believe people have a big problem when you begin to talk about the prosperity gospel, and when you
1: begin absolutely, to talk about
0: yeah, the and I and I have a problem with that because the thing is, sometimes I feel that the people that have a problem with it are either scared or they are ones that are perpetrators. And, and the thing is, I don't think in our Lord's ministry, He He called them out, He addressed the hurt because uh-huh. was yes. to be delivered. You know, and um, I, I can't keep my mouth closed, Graham. I, I, I refuse to because at the end of the day, I can't go to God and say, you know, God, I didn't say what you wanted me to say or do what you wanted me to do because there were so many people against me. There are so many people that would prefer that we not touch these these issues, Graham. You know uh, I mean? Absolutely. But but I can't go with the crowd. I can't follow, uh, you know, the, the norm. When God has gone no. higher and beyond this stuff, so I really appreciate someone like you that is willing to touch these topics, Rev. Because people people look at you funny because you want to you want to fix it. You want yes, it to be yes, yes. You know, it's like we accepted as the norm that um, you know your brothers are mistreating you and abusing you, not being honest with you. This should not be the norm. Yeah, we know, the know- that we will go together. But I believe
1: yeah. that some people that are misguided, and they feel that this is the right behavior. Yeah. But we have. Yeah, always- no, that's, you know that's that's my that was always my trepidation, my uh, my concern, my concern for a lot of the churches and a lot of, particularly a lot of the young persons coming to the body of Christ. You know the fact that they had been uh, bombarded with that with that approach. You know. You never want them to feel like everything is going to, every single thing is going to be all right. You know, you're going to get monies, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. And if they don't get it, what, what's next? Michael. You know, so there's a sense of solicitude on my behalf there as we let our that, you know what I mean? So I think we have the, you know, we have like I said before, we have preconditioned our, pers- our people that you're not going to go through anything, that everything is going to be, uh, that you're going to fly in the heaven or float in the heaven one one. Uh, Probably beds of ease that everything's gonna be right. You're gonna have trouble in your marriage. You're gonna have trouble on the job. You're gonna have disagreements. That's a part of life. We all different individuals, different personalities. You're gonna, there's gonna be, um, you're gonna rub someone the wrong way now and again. Um, uh, you know, there's gonna, you know, that's just, that's life. That's life. You know, I minister. Mean? And so, I think that that for the most part has has plagued the body of Christ for a long time. You know, we have, you know, like we have, we have, we have, um. Uh, been teaching something that Jesus hasn't been teaching. When that's the Bible talks about this thing, that's for the most part, right obviously. There, right. but...
0: And that's, I believe, that's the great point right there. Red. He has not been teaching it. You know what I mean? And and it it's and it has caused us to drift away from true love for our brothers. You know, and and, and sometimes people wonder why we struggle with. Uh, brotherly love in the church. There are people that would tell you they don't think no love is in the church. But I want to paint you a scenario girl. Can you picture now um, your grandmother. Let's use somebody dear to you. She's been paying her time all of her life. Right? And life happens. Yes. Stands happens that she now is about to lose her home. And the church is going to tell her now go to God. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, we Out. can
1: help you. You know that that should Out. be. That we should see a problem with that. Because yeah, it's, absolutely. It's I the I I hypocrisy. It really is. I, I mean I've seen it, I can attest to that. I've, I've heard stories of that happening, you know. I I could I could testify of it. Um not from my print, but I've no brother that went through something, something that you know how you know how 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 do you come to yourself? Or how do you reconcile yourself or bring yourself to peace with the body of Christ or with church in particular? When you talk about church hate, when you give your all to the church, paying your tithes, being the first one to the door, the last one out, being the first one in church that is and the last one out, you know, you're working and serving. And soon as you run into difficult times. You go to the pastor and they tell you they can't help you. I've, I've heard stories.
0: Just suck it up like a good soldier. And you know what I mean? And not feel. Yes. And, and I think the, the audacity must be the thing that, that it's just oh just suck it up you know hey you know hey move on. Move you know, and I think it's a it's an affront to what what Jesus established. One thing that I've always gleaned from the scripture when it says bring the tithe and offering in the storehouse, it says that there may be meat in my house amen has always been rare. Who's the meat for? Especially now that we're no, not under the law anymore. We're under grace. Who's
1: the meat for? Very interesting point. You know, that I, I think a lot of the believers and I see that a lot of persons are being, you know, even with the titan, I think that's another area too. That's another thing. You know. As a disclaimer, I do it. But, you know, in the New Testament, there's no instructions on the church titan. Now, again, some persons might disagree with me you know but you know like I say as is, I actually believe you're supposed to be given more than the 10% for us as believers in Christ but the Bible says go and love it, a cheerful giver listen to me there's man. no to me, there's no. based on scripture there's no based on the scriptures for what, from uh, the Pauline letters and the rest of the New Testament and again you know all of the Bible we follow from Genesis all the way to the, Re- to the book of Revelation but you have to read it in context and take it in context yes
0: sir
1: you know and like I said that's another area too I, I don't want us to get go off, off track yeah, it's <laughs> not yeah, I, 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 I,
0: I disclaimer too i do it too i give the 10 but i do it yeah that's like you i give more than the 10 and i and i agree yeah that's like you
1: there is no and i understand why pastors do it you know and i understand, I understand why they do because you know that. people tend to probably don't want to give like that you know churches are probably with right now because because i dare say probably only 30 percent and that number might be a, a stretch you know it, it might be a stretch, but like I say, you know, I don't. You know, in every church,es you're gonna you, the vast majority, of the folks probably are not paying tithes if you would ask in the majority of the pastors, because there seems to be a problem all around. You know, especially in these difficult times. You know, but I do believe, based on Second Corinthians chapter nine, the Bible says, oh, "God the church forgive
0: them But I'm gonna get myself in trouble for this one. Yes. Um, you know, okay, if the meat, right, I, w- I want to, if we're being good stewards, I'm going to ask a question to you, and I'm going to get myself in trouble. If the meat is, f- okay, we say that the meat is for the children of God, right? Yes. And we're being good stewards with the tithe, right? In times okay. like these, should the meat be distributed to the children of God?
1: Absolutely. I concur with you 100%. But
0: anyway, I, I get I, to deep into
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah.
0: get to deep into I'm going to leave that. Yeah. With, yeah? We can move on to the, to the second question, which is our final question. And this is because I, I believe that it's important for us to be able to get through. You know when, when we're dealing with this type of opposition, the question is, how do believers navigate these destructive doctrines? How do they navigate?
1: I believe it's quite simple, quite simple. I believe that we all need to simply stop or beat them by getting back to the Bible. I was thinking about doing something of you know, where it's just the Bible, let's get back to the Word of God, let's get back to the Bible. Again, you know the Bible is a book that needs to be read, that needs to be read, that is, and needs to be understood completely, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. It is a, it is a revelation of Christ. It is a revelation of God, and you, and you know when we look at the Zaynias, you know whether it be prophetic, whether it be the Psalms, whether it be uh, historical, whether it be a prophetic all through the word of God. I think there's something inside there that um, that deals with the everyday life. You know, dealing you know, with marriage, we're on the job, uh, how we how we approach the the body of Christ. Um, how do we deal with our neighbors? You know, how do we deal with even those who may not like us? Yeah, understand? And all through the word of God, you know. And so I believe once we get to the word of God and again, you know, I as, as I said before, you know, I have nothing against tradition as long as we don't allow traditions to take preeminence above or take, uh, take preeminence above the word of God. You know, so by and large, I would say I think there has to be a return to the discarded values of the past based on scripture. Based on the word of God, man of God. You know, for example, you know, we look at even, you know, another thing that we can look at was even the march, The marriage. I felt, you know, there are many, you know, pastors and many persons in ministry that have literally placed the ministry or even the church above their own marriage. You know I mean, the the first institution God created was obviously marriage, which is you know between a real man, I have the stresses and a real woman, you know, because of the transgender and the stuff that's going on. Now. And we have the and then the and then obviously he created government afterwards in Genesis chapter nine. Marriage in Genesis chapter 2, you know, therefore man shall leave his father, mother shall creep his wife, and the two should become one flesh. And then he goes to government. And after we see the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down, they began to speak with tongues, so on and so forth is 120 of them. And then the church began to expand and grow, which was, I would call the third institution which God created, right? So yes, sir. yeah, and so I think that you know we have to return back to the word of God and the Bible kinds of this sets this out, you know. There should, you shouldn't place, you know, how is it that we neglect our bride, our wives for Christ's bride, which is the church? You know, I, I think that, the, 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 that that is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. You know, that is absolutely wrong. You know, I think that we need to return back to the word of God. And I think everything will begin to fall in place. I think there needs to be revival, not just, of, not just for revival's sake, man, of God. There has to be a, a revival of the word of God in our lives. And I believe is it's Ibn God Psalm chapter 119. Historically, for those who are Bible scholars, it is said that Ezra the scribe actually wrote that particular psalm. Psalm 119, which has about 176 stanzas or verses. And all through this psalm, he is talking about the word of God. Revive us, O God, according to thy word. Thy statues are the light of my heart, and so on and so forth. I think we need to return to the pure word of God. Back our traditions on the side. And as we travel or as we navigate through those traditions, through those man-made traditions and philosophies, you know, Paul said something very interesting when he spoke about uh, in Colossians chapter two. He spoke about he spoke about the tradition of man and the rudiments of this world. All right, he said in Colossians chapter two. He said that beware lest any man spur you. True. Philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. All right? And for him dwelled all the fullness of the God in bodily form. Again, I spoke about the book of Colossians, and I believe the whole purpose of the book of Colossians was to repudiate against the philosophical ideology of Gnosticism, which come from the root word Gnosis. That was uh, uh, more like an esoteric belief back then that they were the elite group, uh, group that had this, uh, this revelation that they were above the regular, above the body of Christ, that they were an elite class of believers, that they were the ones who God was really dealing with, as opposed to the, the the church in its entirety. And so Paul was was repudiating that the gospel is for all mankind, not just the rich, not just the the the, the, the so-called privileges for all mankind. And so I think we need to return back to the Word of God, the Bible, and only then we can we can experience true revival, and only then we can experience all that God has meant for us to be as believers in Christ, as we walk according to the Word of God. You know, when Christ was tempted by the devil, yeah, you know, Paul was 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 pretty much repudiating the philosophical ideology of Gnosticism and from the, in the book of Colossians, and I believe that we must come to the understanding as believers in Christ that we must return back to the word of God. It is then and only then. And we see where Jesus uh, quoted Deuteronomy in uh, in uh during his temptation for 40 days in the wilderness. Uh he quoted the word of God. And so if the living word, which is Christ, um you know could quote the written word. How much more should we, as believers and as believers of Christ, should utilize the scriptures in effacing these, uh, these traditions that has, has long kept us in bondage? And I truly believe that uh, that tradition has really, really kept people in bondage. You know, we have people saying that, you know, you cannot worship God on Sunday, you cannot worship God on Saturday, and so on and so forth. You know, the Bible says God is spirit, man. And they that worship God must do so in spirit and in truth and in the very beauties of holiness. We are not under the law; we are under grace. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about the moral law. I'm just talking about the whole. I'm just talking about the ceremony law, and you know, and and, and the fact that um, that uh, God has liberated us. The law served as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. All right, to bring us to Christ. And so, therefore, we're no longer under the schoolmaster. We're not. We're now under grace. And so, Minister Derek, I hope that 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 dear, kind of you know clarifies to some degree, uh, how one could navigate or travel through or get, or efface, face, I should say, uh, these man-made traditions that has, for years kept us in bondage.
0: Man, Rev, you did an awesome job. I mean, um, just, hey, I mean, this was, a, I thought it was an interview, but this was a vital study so and I really appreciate <laughs>
1: it. So
0: you know, um, right there, Psalm 119, verse 9. With all shall a young man cleanse his way. Take
1: him take heed.
0: Eat there too, according to thy word. So, and I believe it it begins and ends with his word. It's the final. Absolutely. Story. Rev, I'm so thankful, sir. Thank you so much for consenting to this interview. I believe many are going to be blessed and encouraged for what we discussed today.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I, and, I, and I hope this this kind of stymie the the traditions that has that has stymied us, many of us, you know. But it's, it's it was indeed a blessing, uh, Minister Derek. You know, you know, it's truly a blessing to link up with you, my brother. I, I, you know, you're doing a great job, and then you're doing what God has called for you to do, and let nothing stop you, my brother. Keep on pushing.
0: Bless your heart, sir. I will, in the name of the Lord. And you Amen. continue to be encouraged, sir. Continue to be that example and that light that we look to, because we're looking to you, sir. We see what you're doing, and we are proud that you're on our side.
1: Amen. Hey, okay. keep me in your prayers, my brother, and, and we'll, we'll make it, man. Keep me in your prayers, my brother.
0: Yes, sir. I got you covered. God bless you. Blessings on you. Greetings, greetings. You have been listening to season three of the Soul Place podcast with yours truly, Derek Ingham Jr. Blessings on you.